everyone. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Crime Time on the Rocks. Yay! So I'm nervous. Why? Because I saw you make this drink. Okay. So we had another listener submission, which is awesome. And I just saw the title of the cocktail, not the ingredient list. So, yeah. Which is why I agreed. Okay. And I agreed. (laughs) And I knew you wouldn't like this, but it's only a dash of the offensive ingredient. I can smell said offensive ingredient. So Kevin C. sent us the inside job cocktail. Thanks, Kevin. And I forgot to mention this last time, but... As always, if you want to submit an idea, send send us an send us a recipe at crimeandtimeotr at gmail.com. Yep. And if we like it, we'll do it. But do we both get approval <laughs> on the like? I mean, you liked the idea. I love the idea. Just, I have an awesome story for the idea. So let me go over the ingredients. It's, no. it's got two ounces of bourbon. In this case, we specifically used Buffalo Trace, and that will become apparent later. Okay. Hey, folks, guess which one of these I am taking exception to. Uh, it's got a quarter ounce maraschino liqueur, a half ounce of simple syrup, a dash of Angostura bitters, and a dash of absinthe. <gasps> Garnished with an orange twist and a cherry. And it's pretty. It's pretty. It's like an old-fashioned kind of look. It looks like an old-fashioned. It's, um, I love the whiskey. And that whiskey is very good, by the way. It is good. I'm just very nervous about the absinthe. Okay, well, let's try it. Okay. It's in a beautiful little glass. Yes. I've had these glasses since I was eight years old. Yes, my grandmother bought me Waterford Crystal <laughs> old-fashioned glasses when I was eight. Yeah, this is the, perf- I don't know why. the perfect glass for this cocktail. It's a perfect glass for this so cocktail. Let's try it. Oh, did we say the name of it? It's the inside job. The inside job. Oh my. I like it. I like how the sweetness of the maraschino balances out the bitterness of the absinthe. See, absinthe to me is not bitter. It's just licorice and I hate licorice. Okay, well, I guess I get two then if you don't want You it. might. I'll drink a little bit of it we'll because see. I can taste the whiskey in it and I love whiskey. I really like this actually. Okay. A use for the absinthe bottle that we've had for six years. Yes. It's only a dash, though, so that's a <laughs> lot of cocktail. And we d- we drank a lot of that. I think we forced people to drink a lot of that. Also, we party. have two bottles of it. Why the fuck would we buy two bottles? Because I bought a bottle to drink at the party and then another bottle for your like part of your gift. And I gave them both to you. Yes, you gave them both to me. it was horrible. (laughs) And we even did the whole sugar thing and it was still horrible. Pro tip, people. Give your friends gifts that they don't like and they'll give them back to you. (laughs) (laughs) But I do have to say, it's like the most beautiful green color. And then when you pour it over the... Do you heat it or do you cool it? I don't remember which. Heat, I think. Yeah, you you pour warm water over the sugar cube. Uh Uh-huh. And then the sugar cube and the water solution goes into the glass okay but it changes from green to like milky white yes that's yes which is so cool it is really cool but then you taste it someday i'll just drink absinthe like you're supposed to instead of putting it in weird cocktails <laughs> we did we did so anyway tell me about the inside job i'm gonna tell you about the pappy van winkle whiskey heist bourbon heist i'm totally drinking this because it's bourbon but I'm going to make this face the entire time. Bitter beer face? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Did you say bourbon heist? Yes. The, pa- <laughs> the Pappy Van Winkle bourbon heist. That reminds me of my guy from our last episode. Pippi Longstocking or whatever his name was. I don't remember. <laughs> it was a crazy PV, name. Peavy. Peavy. Peavy Parrot. Parrot. <laughs> Pippi Van Winkle Longstocking. So... In October 5th, on October 15th in 2013, Buffalo Trace Distillery, which we're drinking Buffalo Trace bourbon. Oh, cool. They reported that about 200 bottles of rare Pappy Van Winkle had gone missing from the facility. I want Pappy Van Winkle. Well, you'll hear that that might not be possible for you. You might not be Pappy Van Winkle quality or. Oh, I am Pappy Van Winkle quality. (laughs) So the total loss was valued at $26,000. Holy, how many bottles? 200. 200 bottles were 
thousand dollars yes i am not pappy van winkle quality bourbon enthusiasts have been known to show up in droves to get a small chance at a lottery to purchase a bottle of pappy van winkle. holy crab apples yes that's worse than pliny the elder oh no it's way worse you can get pliny the elder if you want it you just have to go to santa rosa right we did we did that's crazy this you like a lottery Many people that want it cannot even get it. I want it now. That's part of the mystique. So famous chefs such as one of my favorites, R.I.P. Anthony Bourdain and David Chang have favored this bourbon and talked about it. And one chef, John Currant, said, quote unquote, there's Pappy Van Winkle, then there's everything else, quote. Wow. So... The 23-year-old Pappy Van Winkle Family Reserved is said to be one of the most expensive bourbons in the world. Wow. Also one of the most elusive. And, and I thought Bushmills was special. Bushmills ain't got nothing on this. Apparently. Of the 200 cases of bourbon reported missing, 65 were six, there were 65 three-bottle cases of 20-year-old and nine three-bottle cases of 13-year-old. So the aged bourbon itself is, like, the more aged it is, the higher price you can get for it. Yeah. So three bottle cases. So they were in, like, nice collector's cases. I imagine. Yeah, I would assume. Because a case is 12. Well, what's interesting, I listened to another podcast. It was strictly a bourbon podcast. It wasn't about crime. But they were talking about Pappy Van Winkle. And they were talking about the Angel Share, which I'm sure if you know anything about aged liquors, you know that some of it evaporates Mm -hmm. and it's very common for a percentage to evaporate but in this case in pappy van winkle's case it's something like 65 percent of it evaporates before it yeah goodness yeah because it's in the barrel for so long because i don't know if it's because it's in the barrel for so long or because of its formulation something about it like they need tighter barrels there's too much air in there maybe so but would that change the taste Oh, I'm sure. And I have no idea. I'm just making that up. Another. Out of my nose. Yeah. And another interesting thing that I d- didn't even put in my notes, but um, I'll talk about is that Pappy Van Winkle is not a rye based. Uh-huh. It's a wheat based bourbon. And there's not very many of them that are wheat based. That would change the taste for mm-hmm. sure. Do you remember that beer that we had? Were you with me that time at beer camp? Or it was Hops Fest or one of those? That there's a beer that they make in a scotch barrel. It sounds familiar. And it's, it tastes like scotch, but it's beer. And I don't like scotch, but I liked this beer-ish. I can't, for, I can't say for sure. Okay, we'll have to try it next time if we can find it. So a lot of the mystique and the popularity of Pappy Van Winkle has been um, attributed to the resurgence of popularity of bourbon, especially because of like things like Mad Men and like that mm-hmm. lifestyle. Prior to... The 90s, bourbon was pretty much just seen as, like, the thing that will get you drunk. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. And I even remember growing up, my grandmother would drink an old-fashioned, and that was, like, something so... Like, nobody... In the 80s, nobody drank bourbon drinks. Yeah. But that was still her drink. My folks drank... One drank scotch and water, and one drank bourbon and water. And I was in charge of mixing their drinks, because it was the 80s. And um, children were not allowed to do that, but they did. And I remember I liked hers way better than his. But I've always liked bourbon. Yeah, for sure. After the bottles had been noticed to have gone missing, it was noted that Buffalo Trace Distillery had security, but they admitted it was too lax. There were security cameras, but and also Pappy Van Winkle was in a locked warehouse that only limited personnel had access to. Okay, look at my face right now. It's an inside job. It's an inside job! <laughs> So police theorized that the theft had taken place over several months. Again, wow. pointing to the fact that it was an inside, inside job. job. Like that song where the guy takes the car one piece at a time. It's <laughs> pretty much how it happened. Um, so whoever did this also had avoided being recorded by security cameras. Interesting. Okay, yeah, I'm drinking it now. So more than 100 distillery employees were interviewed. One of the first uh-huh. persons of interest was a high school principal who did not work for Buffalo Trace, but, <laughs> but he needs to drink. I didn't put his name in here, even though it was in the article. Cause 
I didn't want things but to happen. But he teaches high school. He yeah. wants to drink. So he showed up in surveillance video at a liquor store days after the um, theft report. And uh-huh. the store clerks had said that he tried to sell them liquor. However, the principal claimed that he was only trying to buy it. Which you can understand. <laughs> I can totally understand why. Yeah. Um, this made big news in Kentucky. Very I'd big imagine. news. Yeah. I'd imagine. So oh, interesting. on December 2nd, after two months of very little progress on the case, Sheriff Pat Melton of the Franklin County, Kentucky Sheriff's Office announced a $10,000 reward to anyone who could lead to a conviction. Okay. The Sheriff's Office then received hundreds of tips. They still didn't have, they still were not able to have anyone assigned to work the case full time because their detectives were already stretched too thin and they were all working other cases. Uh-huh. Then, in March, on March 11th of 2015, Franklin County Sheriff's Office received an anonymous tip naming the Pappy Van Winkle thief as a longtime Buffalo Trace employee, Toby Kartzinger. Inside job. Inside job. The sheriff's deputies went to Kartzinger's, Kartzinger's home, and in a search of the backyard, they found five barrels of bourbon. But what is he going to do with it? Is he just going to drink it? We'll find out. Okay. They found five barrels of bourbon in his backyard, plus they found photos on his phone showing several bottles of Pappy Van Winkle sitting on what appeared to be the seat of his truck. These two pieces of evidence were enough for the sheriff's office to arrest Kartzinger. Interesting. So Kartzinger became accused of organizing a criminal syndicate once they started their investigation. Mm-hmm. They say that he worked his scam with, among others, Mark Searcy, who was an employee of Wild Turkey Distillery, which was also found to have been stolen from. Interesting. I used to love Wild Turkey. Never liked Wild Turkey. Oh, okay. So I worked at this bar, very, very popular bar. And if we made over a certain amount each night, we would get to have a good night shot, which meant it was a good night. Here's a shot for the employees. And I would always take Turkey 101 so that I could catch up with all my friends who'd been partying all night while I was working. <laughs> well, that's just smart. Right? <laughs> get a free shot, get the best. <laughs> so Searcy's job at Wild Turkey was to truck barrels between company warehouses. So he had very easy access to yeah. these barrels. And Kurtzinger's position at Buffalo Trace was to man the loading dock. So he also had access to some of the stuff. Uh-huh. Kurtzinger was accused of systematically lightening warehouse shelves as far back as, as the beginning of 2008. Oh, wow. So he's been doing this a while. They've, they say that he had been doing it for a while, yeah. So aside from Searcy, Kurtzinger supposedly recruited others for this scheme through his softball league. <laughs> I've heard of beer league softball, never whiskey league softball. Right. Okay. Well, so also in some of the reading that I did, it turns out that this softball league crew and Kurtzinger, among other people, were also suspected of selling steroids. Oh, wow. Yeah. It wasn't just this one thing. I was going to say they're just a crew of good old boys, but steroids is a different level. Yes. It's, I mean, steroids is a thing. Like I can understand you... Get, a bunch of old men with beards and beer bellies. You get whiskey and you sell whiskey. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So there, that's a different. That's a different level. So the sheriff's office theorized that the league provided cover for them traveling the state and enabling them to sell the liquor. Which also, it also works for steroids too. Totally. But we're on a traveling team. <laughs> we're on a tra- travel softball, which yeah. is a thing in my world at the moment. So after Kartzinger's arrest, some of his regular customers began calling the sheriff, hoping to get ahead of any rap that they might receive for having stolen property, which uh-huh. you can understand, especially based on these explanations. Yeah. They said that Kurtzinger told them that the distillery had been very generous with valued employees and that basically he was getting rid of this excess because he didn't want it, but it was given to him. Right. So like a prominent company that is in our area gives their employees some of their product every month. So that's what he was saying was that's happening ex- and I just didn't want it so I was selling. That's it. exactly what I was thinking of at the time because there is a prominent company that is near our area that makes alcoholic beverages that does a lot 
employees for their employees yeah they they allot a certain amount of their beverage yeah every month to their employees my friend who works at said company was telling me not only do they get the allotment of the beverage per month they get ten dollars for every year that they have worked there at the restaurant per month yes yeah so once she was having the kids birthday party at that restaurant and i thought why is she taking the kids to that restaurant? It's so fancy. And then now I understand why. Yes. Because <laughs> if you have to feed 10 10-year-olds, feed them free. <laughs> yes. It all makes sense. It all makes sense. But alas, that's not what Buffalo Trace was doing. <laughs> oh. No. So he's a lying liar liar pants. Yes. So the crew, as we'll call them for the moment, Kurtzinger's crew was making pretty good money even with the quote-unquote back-of-the-van discount. They were selling wow. barrels for $1,500, whereas the distillery could have gotten three to 6000 Holy goodness. Yeah. So you can have an entire barrel of this fancy, fancy, fancy pants liquor for $1,500. I would, I would come up with that. Well, you can't. You'd split it. We, like, you, me, some of the other people that we know, we could totally do that. Yeah, we could do that. Well, you can't get it. Get out some it. mason jars. We can, we can do that. Let's do that. Sheriff Melton held a press conference and called Kurtzinger the kingpin of an elaborate bootlegging, bootlegging ring. Which kind of actually sounds kind of cool. If that sounds super cool. But Kurtzinger finally decided to speak up because he says that he was fed up with being portrayed as some kind of criminal mastermind. Because he ain't no mastermind. He ain't no mastermind. <laughs> He's selling steroids and barrels of whiskey out of his van on his softball trips. He ain't no mastermind. But this part, actually, I do kind of sympathize with him on on this part of his explanation. He said that in 1989, when he started working at Buffalo Trace, right after his first shift, he was ushered into a back room where people were dipping plastic cups into barrels of whiskey. And it was like no big deal. I mean, yeah. people would fall down drunk at work and they, people just kind of took care of each other and made sure nothing bad happened. Like Seriously? So the 80s. Seriously. So it was like, I mean, that's how the climate was all this time. And yeah. I mean, we're talking about in the the aughts, the 20 aughts. If I... So he has worked at this company for 30 years and this is the way... It's always been, and now suddenly it's not. People are, whiskey is now serious business. Whiskey is now. Yes, yes. Kept for 23-year-olds in tight jeans and mustaches, and they ponder the notes of hickory and blah, and blah, 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 blah. When restaurants are selling Pappy Van Winkle for upwards of $100 a shot. Right, that's a little different story than dipping your plastic cup in the barrel. Yeah, of some white lightning. Interesting. Yeah. So Kurtzinger said... Makes sense. It does. Kurtzinger said, quote unquote, I ain't totally innocent on a lot of this stuff, but I ain't the only one what's guilty. My God, I totally forgot that this was in Kentucky until you said that quote. What's guilty? (laughs) (laughs) Nothing wrong with Kentucky folks. I like me some Kentucky folks. I got family in Tennessee. Just saying. Yes. (laughs) So... Another part of the explanation that makes sense to go along with like this whole quote unquote heist. Yeah. Well, the, okay. So back to, back to, back to, back to where you were talking about how things have changed. I am in a profession that has changed drastically over the amount of years that I've been in that profession. And I'm facing an evaluation coming up next week. And my coworker is giving me advice on that evaluation and she's wanting me to do X, Y, and Z. And I am thinking in my head, back when I started, we didn't have to do this. I think this is a silly waste of time. Not only did you not have to do it, that was the exact wrong thing. It was the exact wrong thing. Yes. And it, it's it's not that it is a waste of time. I'm sure it's very valuable and very necessary, but it's not anything that I was ever trained to do, nor did I ever do it in the first 10 years of my career. Mm-hmm. And now suddenly... It's the most important thing in the world. So I get where he's coming from. I don't think that I would steal, well, especially not in the industry that I work in, because that would be called kidnapping. Yes. Don't <laughs> steal children. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, let me tell you, let me tell you this explanation and see if this even adds to what you're going what you're going with. Okay. So in 2003, Kurtzinger said he was assigned to a warehouse for bourbon that didn't meet production standards. 
Oh, so it's shit whiskey anyway. Yeah, and more than the usual number of barrels had been accumulated. So Kurtzinger joked with his boss that if the boss would just write him a pass to take some of it past security, he wouldn't have to deal with the barrels anymore. Well, Kurtzinger was surprised when the boss did it. Okay, I was literally sitting here thinking, that makes sense to me. He's he's like, blah, 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 this is crap whiskey. And we got too much of it. We don't have any place to store it. Won't you just let me take it? But then the boss said, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Then why the hell are they prosecuting this guy? Because well, he that, took the wrong shit? He took... It hasn't been proven, so I can't say, but he's been accused of taking the important stuff. Interesting. Instead of the crap stuff that he was... All quote along, unquote, allowed to take. take. Yes, interesting. So Kurtzinger kept taking these unwanted barrels, and he soon developed a reputation for moving the stolen bourbon. At the time, he mostly concentrated on the lower end labels, such as Buffalo Trace, which is not that lower. It's it is not good. that lower end. I really like it. This is my new bourbon. I didn't even want to write that. And I was drinking a different brand for a while, but this is my new bourbon. Ancient Age was the other lower end label that he was selling. Ancient age sounds interesting. I know. Although it kind of reminds me of early times. It it reminds (laughs) me exactly of early times. I actually had to Google it to make sure it wasn't early times. (laughs) (laughs) Grandmother used to drink early times. She drank that in Kessler. Which, yeah, it's so cute. It's so cute. But But then the other grandmother drank Kessler because her name was Kessler. Ancient age, though, like, is exactly what she would have wanted. Oh, she would have she would have thought that was high tone. High tone. High tone. <laughs> but we're drinking Buffalo Trace and I can tell you it is not lower end. It's very good. This is my new whiskey. Yes. I'm I am all in on this whiskey. I'm putting up with the absinthe in this to drink this whiskey. My husband gave me crap because we were in San Antonio at a steak house owned by Chef John Besh, which is not there anymore, but it was fabulous. Uh-huh. And so we, you know, get there, we get our cocktails, and I'm looking around, and he's like, what are you looking at? I'm like, I'm seeing if they have Buffalo Trace. He's like, why would they have Buffalo Trace? Why wouldn't they have Buffalo Trace? It wasn't that well known at the time. Well, yeah, but if it's a national brand whiskey out of Kentucky, why wouldn't a steakhouse in Texas have it? Well, they had it, and he was amazed that they had it. And I'm like, see? Told ya. Husbands. I know. But anyway, so Kurtzinger was surprised. Oh. My husband drinks that crap from Canada. (sighs) That comes in the purple bag. My husband drinks exactly that. Uh, It's so sweet. I have so many purple (sighs) bags that I could sew like a giant size tent. I used to use the purple bags to carry my change in when I cocktailed. Because we had to provide our own change. So I had a purple bag and that was in my purse. And that was my change for my cocktail tray. I knew I could never spend that money because I needed it to go to work. Well, if you buy it at Costco, you get the giant size purple bag. Well, I was 23. I was too poor to buy it I'm just saying Costco. nowadays. like Nowadays, yeah. Yeah. Nowadays, you could put your child in the purple bag as a sleeping bag. <laughs> you could. <laughs> so this reminds me of a funny anecdote when... <laughs> Her, when your child number two was uh-huh. first born, it was Christmas time. <laughs> and I'm trying to put her in the stocking. So before her first birthday, we thought, you know, it'd be cute is to do a picture where we put her in a Christmas stocking. Well, for by the Christmas th- card. For the Christmas card, yes. <laughs> by the time we got to it, she was a little too, too big, big to fit in the stocking. Well, for her birth announcement, I put her in a package wrapped in paper that had the plant that is her name on it yes and then hydrangea. i thought it would be cute hydrangea. <laughs> it's not hydrangea that's a, that's a christmas plant and then i thought it'd be cute to put her in a christmas talking it was an awesome idea it would have been great if we did it three months earlier <laughs> we split it down the back we duct taped it around her body we tried to hold the it the whole time from she's like back. getting mad and turning red and crying we gave up on holding her up to next to the fireplace and we were just gonna lay her down on the ground and take the picture and we were at your grandmother's house <laughs> we were at my grandmother's house and she was probably drinking early times probably <laughs> <laughs> that's funny so anyway kurtzinger i've known you a long ass time a long time <laughs> And it goes back way before that, I know. (laughs) So Kurtzinger ignored the expensive labels because he assumed those would be more readily missed, which is true. Um, So when news of the Pappy's heist 
was had broken, Kurtzinger was surprised because he like didn't know why anyone would have called the cops with only 200 missing bottles. Like to him, it was like, that's no big deal. There's only 200 missing bottles. Why are you calling the cops? Oh, $26,000. Duh. Yeah. And Kurtzinger had leveraged buzz about the heist in order to get top dollar for the pappies that he had, supposedly. So huh? he, he had bottles of the pappies Van Winkle. Right. And he basically used the spin about the heist to get top dollar for the bottles that he was trying to resell. Okay, so he's advertising the fact that they're looking for the people who stole this whiskey. No, he's going, all these bottles went missing. It's more rare. Like, I can give this to you. It was given to me. I can sell it to you. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. That's smart. So he and his eight accomplices were ultimately charged with bootlegging and theft. Mm-hmm. And Kurtzinger was also given an additional charge of engaging in an organized crime. And we go. Yes. And what it was a state charge. It wasn't a federal charge. Okay. But similar. So he was sentenced to 15 years in prison. Holy goodness. Yeah. For stealing whiskey. But it's 26 grand of whiskey. I and so all in all, like it turns out he did possess at least some of the 200 stolen bottles of Pappy Van Winkle, but he claims and it's assumed that he got them from somebody else that had stolen them. Okay. So he was not, well, was, was he the top guy? He claims he was never the top guy, but if you kind of look at how things played out, I think he inadvertently was the top guy. He just didn't know it. And that's funny. He was given basically kind of like given the Pappy Van Winkle to stash. Like, so do you think somebody manipulated him into stealing that? No, he didn't steal. I don't think he stole the Pappy Van Winkle. I think somebody else stole it. And I think somebody else knew the heat was on because he stole something that would be missed. Uh And he knew that this guy had permission to steal. And also, this guy had a network for moving stuff. Right. And was like, hey, take these. That's kind of slimy. It's kind of... Because he's obviously, Mm -hmm. if he was around in the 80s, he's obviously on the older end of the working population. Yeah, I mean... Oh, it's kind of, it's all kind of sad. And he's and, probably going to die in prison if you well, have 15 years. Here's another sad thing. So they recovered a lot of, like I said, they recovered barrels of wild turkey. They recovered bottles of Pappy Van Winkle. But because of a Kentucky law, like all of that had to be destroyed. What? Doesn't that hurt your heart? Yes. I know. So badly. Mm-hmm. I want to try Pappy Van Winkle. When... Everyone and their brother is listening to our podcast and we're making a million dollars per episode because of advertisements. Yeah, that's going to happen, folks. I'm buying Pappy. Well, so that's interesting that you brought that. Before I bring that up, let me just tell you my last little piece of this story. Okay. That Buffalo Trace so far has maintained total silence on the theft. Now, it's funny that you bring up the millionaire thing because Criminal did an episode a short episode about Pappy Van Winkle, the uh-huh. bourbon and the heist. Okay. And they did interviews with like people in the know, people in the field. And according to Julian Van Winkle, who is like the CEO of Pappy Van Winkle brand. Okay. But Pappy Van Winkle is made by Buffalo Trace or Buffalo Trace is made by Pappy Van Winkle. Um, what is the umbrella? So Pappy Van Winkle is distilled by Buffalo Trace but from what I understand, the brand is owned by Julian Van Winkle. So the family has their own recipe that they just allow this distillery yes. to make. From what okay. I understand, yes. So Julian Van Winkle has said he's been called and offered numerous times by millionaires to get a bottle. Yeah. And he says no? He says no. Of course he does because that cre- that adds to the mystique of his persona and his brand his thing and not only that so i'm talking completely off notes just from things i read and heard like i do all the time yes (laughs) so every year like around october liquor um so like liquor stores and 
like high-end restaurants will get like basically a notification of how many Pappy Van Winkles they're going to get for that whole entire year. That's insane. Yeah. So people know this. And so. Like, so what if you're like the, I'm trying to think the, the, I'm trying to think of some fancy schmancy restaurant. Like French Laundry. Yeah. In Napa. Yeah. Well, one year you could get 10 bottles. One year you could get two bottles. One year you can get no bottles. It's all. That's insane. So. And, because that affects your business. Yes. And so it's really interesting too. And I, like I urge you to listen to the criminal um, episode about this because this was really interesting. Someone that's in the bar industry who works at a bar that's actually been allotted Pappy Van Winkle has said that when people know that you have it or when people think that you have it, Uh they will do practically like almost anything they can like in dirty ways to try to buy the bottle. So not a shot of the bottle, but the bottle whole and sealed. Well, both. Like, they'll pay premium prices for a taste or a shot. Uh-huh. But if they think they can come home with half a bottle or a bottle, they will do whatever they can. And, you know, typically, like, this person that was talking, their bar was, like, a strict no policy. It's like, uh-huh. we cannot... Well, first of all, you can't off-sell liquor anyway. You can't. In most states. No. Yes, exactly. But so, if you have a bottle that you paid, even if you paid... $2,500 for it. If you can get $100 per ounce and it's got 30 ounces in it. Well, so this bar, this person, I'm assuming he was like the bar manager. Mm-hmm. This person was so sick of it that one year when they got their allotment of Pappy Van Winkle, he made jello shots out of it. No fucking way. Yes. Sold them for $10 a piece. A disgusting whiskey has no place they in were, jello shots they were That's old fashioned all the flavored. B being just the manager did his owner like annihilate him because that I he think, didn't break even at ten dollars sh- a shot I don't think so no I no, think it was like a, no way but that year I want to say maybe they got like four bottles of Pappy Van Winkle the next year they were only allotted two and yeah because so, F you they did do some more jello shots, but then the rest of it they sold for face value. So they sold for what it would have actually cost them to yeah, pour. To pour. Yeah. But um Which is not the norm for this bourbon. No, I can imagine. And it but a jello shot, can you okay. So when I worked at said drinking establishment back in the college days where I used to take the one oh one shot at the end of the night. We had a person who would go around so there was the cocktail waitresses and then Every week or every weekend, one of the cocktail waitresses would be designated the shot girl and the bartenders would make her up a special type of shot and she would walk around with little test tubes. I remember the shot girls. Yes. And okay. So you would purchase the way cocktailing works and I might be shattering illusions for some people. The way cocktailing works, you order a drink from me. I go up and I order the drink from the bartender. I pay for that drink. To the bartender. So then you have to in turn get paid by the customer. And then I have to in turn get paid by the customer. So the bartender is making me these, these, um, we made them in the juice bottles. I'm showing you with my hands. Can you see? We made them in the juice bottles that we use in the back bar. And you've worked in a bar, so you know what the juice bottle looks like. It would have the cranberry, the orange, and it had the different color tops. Yes. So we made them in the juice bottles. And then we had a holster. Oh, my God. We had a friggin' holster. The it leather may or may not have been a country-themed bar. <laughs> that held these bottles. And we would pay, like, I think $130 or something for these bottles. And then we would go out and we would sell them in the test tubes. And we paid $130, but we could get something like $100. 80 on upwards depending on how you poured these test tubes i came home with 130 bucks one night from these test tubes and part of it was tips and part of it was i don't want to say i was purposely under pouring because i wasn't purposely under pouring but the amount of of shots that i could finagle out of this bottle was less than what the house was calculating out of this bottle. Does that make sense? One thing people don't know about you is that you can hustle liquor. Oh, I can big time hustle liquor. (laughs) (laughs) I have so many friends that are always trying to get me to sell stuff. I can't sell anything but booze. Like I literally cannot sell anything but booze. (laughs) But I can sell the shit out of some booze. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I don't know why or how. I mean, if we had some sponsors that wanted us to sell booze, maybe that would. Folks, I could sell some shit out of some booze. She's kind of a savant with that. <laughs> and I don't understand why, because I cannot sell anything else. I have tried to sell other things. It's because I have it's, tried to sell other things. It's because you're passionate about this. <laughs> oh, that's just sad. I don't remember where I was going. It had a point for your story. But anyway, I made a shit ton of money on these things. And then I was at a party one time and the bar back that made me the bottle was there. And he goes, it would be wonderful if you would have shared some of that with me. And I felt really bad. Oops. Yeah. But I was in college and I was 21 and I was poor. How are you? Yeah. Oh, so. Of course, he was in college and he was probably 21 and probably poor. The last thing I was going to say is this is interesting and I Uh just found this out. Oh, actually, the other thing I was going to say is listening to the. Do you hear the horse? Yes. There's like nine horses over there right now. (laughs) So listening to the criminal podcast, they also talked to somebody that. Right at the beginning of the episode, he was just like, yeah, you know, I like was kind of decided that I was going to buy Pappy Von Winkle for a wedding gift and I knew it was going to be pricey and I knew like- I want to get married again just for that gift. He's like, yeah, I knew it was going to be hard to get, but he's like, I had no idea what I was in for. Like, he's like, I thought that I might end up like in a parking lot, like with someone opening their trunk and me- Really? Yes. But he's like, it turns out you just can't get it. Wow. Yeah. But so I just found this like right before, um, like this morning, actually. Uh So there's an Esquire article that was published called Inside the Pappy Van Winkle Forgery Scheme that's infiltrating. Forgery? Yeah. So inside the Pappy Van Winkle Forgery Scheme that's infiltrating bourbon's black market. And it's actually about how people are um, forging Pappy Van Winkle. Basically, they're buying empty bottles on the black market or on eBay or Craigslist or wherever, and they're filling it with, like, a lot of times really cheap stuff, but the smart people are actually using, like, another wheat-based bourbon Uh that's actually somewhat decent. Well, and... The husband and children and I went to the state fair and they had this little tiny barrel that was charcoal burned on the inside of the barrel. And they were advertising, you take your early friggin' times and you pour it in this barrel and you leave it in this barrel for two weeks and then you take it out and you put it back in the bottle and it's better. It's true. Yeah. Because that's so how you they, could totally do yeah. that. And people are doing that. And so there's all these Confederate, like, or counterfeit. Counterfeit bottles of happy van winkle floating around that you don't know what you're getting but okay do you remember in the 80s when they used to have the cork you'd shove the cork in the bottle and they put the little paper seal over it yes even if it was a plastic lid it had the paper seal over it and that paper seal was like the tax or whatever from the, the state yes i actually like on facebook recently someone had a bottle of some sort of whiskey or bourbon and they were like how, like, can anyone tell me how old this is? And it had the... The, the little paper yes. seal thing over so it. So there's an actual way to decode that. I went on, because I'm like, I'm curious too. Yeah. So I Googled it, and, like, I'm like, tax labels or tax stamps or whatever uh-huh. they were called. And the one that this person had was, like, from 1976. And wow. Yeah, it was really cool. That's super cool. I still have some of my grandparents that was that had the, the things still on I it. had... From my grandparents, I don't have it anymore. I wish I would have kept the bottle. But I have no idea if mine are still in yeah, there. Yeah, I had one bottle, and it was a tequila, and it was called... I think that's a wine word. Three Fingers Tequila. That sounds gross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. So anyway, that's Pappy Van Winkle. I want some. I know. If Damn. you have any, send us some. Please send us some. Okay, really don't, because that's way too much money to waste on us. But also send us some. <laughs> Okay, my story is not as good as that, and it is not, it's a stretch with Inside Job, but you're going to laugh when you figure out what it is. Okay, I'm dying to hear it, though. Okay, so the war had been going on for a decade. Nothing had happened. Then the great hero, Odysseus, had an idea. Okay. You don't have any idea yet? No. Nothing? Okay. Let's get, I'm going to pronounce these names wrong. Greek scholars, send me the corrections. I'm terrible on Greek stuff, so. Let's get Aphius, 
to build a really big Trojan horse. horse. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get a fiesta to build this a really big horse. So big that it won't even go through their gates. We're gonna hide it and some we're gonna hide some guys inside and we're gonna pretend to leave. And that's what happened with the church and horse. That's literally an inside job. <laughs> it's kind of it's in kind a different of way. In a different it's a different way, yes. Yeah. But I guess it's kind of an inside job. I don't know. It was like the third thing I thought of because I couldn't think. I struggled and struggled and struggled. So anyway, that's what the Greeks did. They great they built a great big huge horse on wheels. Oh, before I let you continue. Yes. So you said that was like the third thing that you found or whatever. The th- well, I just I racked my brain about inside job, inside job. What can I do? What can I do? So do you want to hear what my first idea was? Sure. That I almost did. That I had a lot of research done uh-huh. on. The Kim Kardashian jewelry heist. The jewelry heist! <laughs> yes. So that was an inside job also. But that then I stumbled upon job. Pappy Van Winkle and I'm like, how can I not? How can he not? I thought about that guy. Remember the thing, the guy that stole, robbed the casino on the motorcycle? Yeah. That was recently, there wasn't was, it? Yeah, there was a lot. Of, there was actually a few stories similar to that. But the Pappy Van Winkle, it was perfect for Ooh. it was exactly what i wanted it's 100 perfect yes and d- despite the absence i've drank nearly all of this um, it's only a dash it's only a dash so anyway ancient greece baby yes well maybe not oh yes so anyway huge horse on wheels they hide a bunch of their best dudes inside they're gonna they all go back to the ships and they pretend to leave Bye, peace out, we're done. Yeah, 10 years, you win, we're going back to our wives. Okay, bye. Um, they leave poor little Sinian, and he's like, yeah, they all left. We left this, they decided that they wanted to leave this as a gift to Athena, because we destroyed her, her, her temple. We feel really bad. They don't like me. They all said they were going to hang out. And Nobody then they likes me. Everybody <laughs> hates me. She has this written on her notes. She's showing me now. <laughs> we are way too alike. And way too close to the 80s. Um, yeah, so I literally wrote, because, you know, they just, they left him there. No, he's trying to convince the Trojans that they left him there. Nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. I think, go, I'll think I'll stay I, with the horse. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I actually wrote. <laughs> I see what you did there. I think I'll stay with the horse. So, the Trojans are leery of this gift. They're Which, concerned. We also have our background horse name. So. <laughs> we have our background horse name. I don't know if you can hear that, folks, but I live next to a horse arena, and there's some sort of activity going on, and there's a very upset animal. Oh, there was literally, when I drove up, a horse donned in, like, purple and pink glitter fringe everything. I don't know what they're doing. So, his owner's a little girl. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing, but this horse was extra. That poor baby. That's probably the one that's bitching right now. Yeah. Poor baby. So, anyway, people leery of this great big huge freaking horse that the Greeks have left the Trojans. Um, there's a priest named Lacoon who spends a lot of time questioning Sinian. He's trying to grill him and get to the bottom of this. He eventually guesses the entire plot. He's like, dude. There's dudes in there. You don't fool me. I mean, it's big enough for people to fit in. It's big enough for people to fit in. So he goes to the leaders and he says, quote, I fear Greeks, even those bearing gifts. Ooh. Nobody listens to him. Like, whatever. No, whatever. Like, who you're crazy? Whatever, whatever. So then um, before he can continue to insist on this, he and his sons are strangled, it is said by sea serpents, who were said to have been sent by either Poseidon, sea god, or Apollo. And if they were sent by Apollo, they were sent in retaliation because Lacoon got busy with his wife in front of a divine image that was dedicated to Apollo and it made him mad. Okay, that's salacious. (laughs) That's salacious. So, Trojan horse. People are still not down with this thing. Helen. Of Troy. Yes, that Helen. That Helen. Says, 
that she thinks this is the trick. So she goes up to the horse and she starts imitating a Greek wife to try to get the Greeks to say something that are trapped inside. And it almost works because it said that Odysseus himself had to smack his hand over a soldier's mouth to keep him from crying out, darling, I'm here. Oh blah, blah, blah. my gosh. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. So that's Helen Troy. Then there's also the king's daughter, whose name is Cassandra, and she was said to be the soothsayer, and she insisted that the horse was bad news. And this is going to be the downfall of Troy. And everybody's like, no, no, it's fine. Because nobody wanted to offend Athena, and this is an offering to Athena, so they want to make sure that they don't offend a goddess. They're, they're less afraid of human Greeks than they are of goddess Athena. So they're going to let the horse come in. So. Absinthe isn't so bad now, is it? It's not. I've kind of emptied my glass. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of okay with it. I think it's the whiskey. I might want another one of those just on the rocks. I'm big into whiskey on the rocks lately. As I, I pull over my wine. I like the buffalo trees. It's really good. I made this, but I kind of might put this in the fridge and drink that. Um, anyway, so they're, they don't want to offend Athena. So they, they try to take the thing in to put it in front of her statue her whatever it is um it won't fit through the gate well it's not a horse so no but that was odysseus's plan oh he perpetrated this yes he's a smart dude so they try to get it through the gates it won't fit through the gates so in order to get it into the city they have to take down part of the wall Parts uh, of this wall. Okay, that actually makes sense now. Right? Yes. Parts of this wall were over 20 feet high. This thought was thought to be a completely impenetrable wall. No one could get in. They've been fighting for 10 friggin' years. Because I always thought, how stupid are they? But now that actually makes sense. Like, to get this through the gate, you have to take down part of the wall. Right. Your defensive wall. Your defensive wall that has kept the Greeks out for 10 years. So, they take down part of the wall, wheel the thing in. Woo, let's party, Yeah! So they're doing this big old party to celebrate. Eventually, everybody's partied out. They fall asleep. They pass out. The Trojans that are hidden in the horse, which, which were an elite fighting group, slip out of the horse, kill the sentries that are set up to not party. And by the way, how bad does it have to suck to have that job? Yes. <laughs> you can be here, but you can't party. Yeah. We're, you're going to watch us party, and you're going to stand guard. You have to fight for our right to party. <laughs> <laughs> Another 80s reference. <laughs> we're just full okay, of okay, okay, okay. I just thought of something. So we're called Crime and Time on the Rocks, right? We celebrate drinking, right? Right. Every time we make an 80s reference, take a shot. <laughs> <laughs> drinking game. Crime and Time on the Rocks <laughs> drinking game. Oh my God, I love it. I love it. 80s reference, take a shot. And you have to take a shot of Jaeger. Ew, Goldschlager. Goldschlager! That's, Goldschlager I would actually still drink. That's yeah, I'm not, not drinking Jaeger. I'm never drinking Jaeger no. again. If you are too young to know about the Jaeger craze... Look it up. Also, try <laughs> it, but then never try it again. Yes, keep it in your cupboard for six years like our bottle of absinthe. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to the Fitzgerald podcast yes. to get that. Okay. So, poor little guards. Not only do they not get to partake in the party, but then the elite forces slip out and slit their throats. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's even sadder. It's sadder. So, they slit the guards' throats. They sneak out. They give the signal to the rest of the ships that were just off the coast. They didn't really leave. That's dirty. Dirty. They just slipped off the coast. So, they give the signal to them. You're, wa in. you're waving. I am. <laughs> you know what, people? This needs to be a video podcast. No, it doesn't. My... No, it doesn't. <laughs> but my gesture game is on point. <laughs> However, my I haven't taken a shower today and I'm wearing dirty jeans game is not on point. I'm wearing San Diego Chargers sweats and a tank, a tank top. top with my hair in a ponytail and drinking out of a um, spilling spilling out of a be aware. Um, Hydro flask. 
But first, I drank out of a Waterford Crystal tumbler. Yes, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. We're classy. We are classy. I'm really worried about my floor that I just spilled wine all over. Um, anyway, so they go get the rest of them. The rest of them come in, and they just decimate the city. They kill every single man. They take captive every single woman and child, and they take them back to be slaves in Greece. Bing, bang, boom, done. Greece wins Troy. And I just realized that the... Remember my idea for the restaurant that I wanted to make the burger stand? Yes. That I wanted to call the Trojan horse because our local high school team is the Trojans. Yes. While I was creating this podcast, I just realized that calling, when our high school team is the Trojans, calling the burger stand that I would feed them with the Trojan horse is not a very nice thing to do it's maybe not a nice thing to do. because <laughs> the trojan horse is what caused all of them to die yes <laughs> well they wouldn't know that but they would if they listened to our podcast they would if they listened to our podcast or their teachers um so i probably have not told you anything that you didn't already know right i actually i've always just thought that story was kind of stupid so i've never i don't like the greek Thing. Oh my goodness. Yes. All right. Well, just you said story. I like that word story. Okay. Tell me all of it. Okay. Because while I probably have not told anyone anything that they didn't know before, I'm going to try and tell you some things that you didn't know now. It ne- probably never happened. Okay. And. But I still like the part about the fact that they got them to break down their wall. Yes. Which could be part of it. Break uh, down be... that wall. Oh my God. <laughs> Another 80s reference. Everybody drink. <laughs> Bonus drinks if you can tell us who said it and why. I'm terrible. <laughs> oh my God. I love it though. I love it. That was awesome. That's unintentional completely. Oh, I, I bet. That's kind of awesome though. That was really cool. Yeah. Nice job. High five. Five. Everybody take two shots for that one. Um, so, probably didn't tell you anything you know, didn't know. Now I'm going to tell you some shit you didn't know. Didn't know. Didn't know? Well, yeah. Didn't know. Yeah. I don't know. Hey, whiskey. Bam. Whiskey's um. talking. <laughs> <laughs> so, Homer wrote two fantabulous epic uh, stories, right? I had to read one of them in um, Professor What's-His-Face's class, and I hated Brian? it. Bryant. I love Professor Bryant. I didn't like that story. I told you I don't like the Greek uh, stuff. I loved him. I took Reformation and Reconstruction from him. No, I did not too. Reconstruction. I yeah. took Reformation and something else. From him. I did too. It was the first one. That Renaissance? We, Renaissance, Reformation. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, loved him. Loved him, loved him. But had a secret crush on Professor Schechter. Everyone did. Because he was awesome. So, anyway. Hi, Iliad, Charles. Honestly, hi, Charles. Anyway, it, I took him to a bar. I went to his house. <laughs> oh, no. I went to my aunt's house, and he was there. Oh. I So, I took the night off from the bar, and because we were having a dinner. He always used to do a dinner at this very nice yes. restaurant. And we went to this dinner, and we were just... We were, we were a fun group. So we were drinking and partying, blah, blah. And Professor Schechter's like, I'm not done. Where can we go? You're like, my bar. I'm, I like my bar. So we went across the street to my bar. And then the girl who had to fill my shift walks up to me with her little tray, shuts up to me. She goes, I thought that you had to have the night off because you had a school thing. And I looked at her and I said, yes, I do. So-and-so, meet my Professor Geschechter. Professor Geschechter, meet my coworker, so-and-so. <laughs> she put her tray down left. <laughs> I was like, yep, bitch. I win. Ding dong, the witch Ding is dead. Ding dong, the witch is dead. Anyway, so Homer, Iliad, Odyssey, Trojan horse. I had to read the Iliad. It was terrible. Are you done? Yes, I'm done. I'll shut up. Trojan horse, never mentioned. Okay. No, that's a bomb. Boom. Come on, folks. I tried really hard to read the Iliad. I tried really hard. Yeah, you said you read the 30 seconds ago, you said you read the Iliad. I tried to. <laughs> Why do they make children read that? It's not. Well, 
Also, I was in it's college. It's ridiculous. Even college children should not have to read that. No, it was too much for You me. can get the drift by watching the movies from the 60s. Yes. With the guys naked fighting skeleton creatures that are badly yes. created. Professor Bryant, I know you're not probably even teaching anymore, but the movies are better. The movies are better. Even the bad movies where they have the bad... What are those called? Special effects yes. of the skeletons trying to fight. Better. It's still better. Anyway, so not in Homer's Iliad or Odyssey. It actually appears in Virgil's Aeneid. Um, obviously, not a true story. But in my experience, it was always taught as a thing. But it happened, that happened, but it actually didn't. Oh, that's what I wrote. Um, there's a lot of speculation about what could have actually happened, though. So, the it could have been a Greek retelling of a previous battle or something that had happened in a previous battle. There is a lot of speculation and correlation to the Battle of Jericho, which was probably a story being told about the same time that they could have melded the two together. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. There's also thinking that um, there's other historical explanations. So, they sometimes called a battering ram a horse. That makes sense. Yes. There was also a thing called a siege machine, which I not only coincidentally was reading about when I was researching this, but I'm driving child number two to town to get snacks and alcohol and stuff for today. And we're listening to another podcast called Gone by whoever those people are. Gone. It's a good podcast. Listen to it. And it was about this great big huge statue that was in some other ancient civilization. And they referenced siege machines. Oh. And a siege machine was a great big huge thing that they, because every city in those days had, had walls, walls around it. Yeah. yeah. So a siege machine was a great big huge thing that they would roll up to the city walls, which would allow your soldiers to climb up and get over the walls. So as you're talking about that, it's hearkening me back to seventh grade, my history class, and uh -huh. we had to do like our castle project or whatever. Uh -huh. And I did a siege mach machine. I made it out of balsa wood. I don't remember what specific one it was or what it was called, but I remember making it, and I'm like, this is how you breach the castle walls. That's super cool. Yeah. So child number one is in seventh grade now, and they do a medieval feast, which I'm excited about, but husband is most excited about the- Catapult? Oh, trebuchet. Trebuchet. Yep. Same thing. Yeah. Different built, different structure, but same thing. So yeah, and he's very, very, very excited about the trebuchet. Oh, I'm sure project. it's going to be amazing. Because. So anyway, siege machine, blah, 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 come up. Um, another reason that they would call these devices a horse, this is gross. Be prepared. If you're an animal lover, cover your ears. They would cover these things, because they're obviously made of wood, they would cover them in dampened horse hides to protect them from flaming arrows that actually makes a lot of sense like how you could have extrapolated the trojan horse from this device yes yes so then there is another theory that has been perpetuated by this writing um that was written in the second century a.d pausnius after death <laughs> So that's a reference to our Halloween episode, which if you've not listened to I've our only episode, brought it up because the children <laughs> brought it up. So I'm in my current job going over um, early man, and we're talking about BC and AD versus BCE and ABC. BC and BCE? Is that what they call it now? Before the common era. Yeah. Right. But what do we call it after that? I thought it was still AD. Yes, but it stands for something different. I don't think it's AD. I don't think it is. I don't remember. Well, they changed it. CE, then. common era. Oh. It's BCE and well, CE. Well, they changed yes. it since last time. But it night. used to be BC and AD. And the kids are all, so before Christ, after death. And I'm like, no. It's, I'm totally pronouncing this wrong. Adi Domini? Anno Domini. Anno Domini. Yeah. But it means after the resurrection. 
And so I tried to explain to them that, you know, it's a global thing. We can't have it centric on this one religion, da 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 But it just cracked me up when we're sitting here and... The children, children are like, are like after, after death. death. <laughs> Why were they even talking about BC and AD on their podcast? I don't know. Because their podcast had nothing to do with that time period. They brought it up, though. <laughs> and that's the only part I heard. So. I hope people actually liked that one. Let us know if you liked that one, because we thought it was adorable. Anyway, so this dude, Pansinius, 2nd century BCE, no, CE, says AD, but just say, CE. Just say AD, because all of us don't know that. No, we're, yeah. we're 80s people. Um, so he says that, that the work of Aphetus, who is the man who is said to have built the horse, was a contrivance to make a breach in the Trojan Wall is known to everybody who does not attribute utter silliness to the filigrines. And by the filigrines, he meant the Trojans. And when I wrote that, it made a lot more sense than it does. Um, no, I get it. Though. A whiskey in. Yeah, I don't know. But another thing that they've talked about that could be is that they sometimes often called ships horses. And how they would always carve the things on the mastheads. Mm -hmm. There's references to mastheads being carved with horses' heads. Well, so, yeah, but that too, it's like there was also like maidens and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. But specifically with the Trojan horse, there's a theory that potentially the Greeks gave the Trojans a gift of a ship with people hidden inside. And I don't it think so. got I think turned into a horse. One. I think it's the first one too with the battery ram thing. Yeah. But. There's, there's speculation that it could be that one. Um, and they often, there's actually wording describing men entering a ship in the Odyssey, Odyssey and the Iliad. And that same wording is used in Virgil's poem about the men entering the horse. So that's kind of where that legend comes from about the, the ship. ship. Yes. So, and there's also a place in the Odyssey where ships are called seahorses. And then the whole thing with Poseidon being the god of the sea and the god of the horses. So there's that. Um, there's a possibility that something else could have been given as a tribute and had soldiers hiding inside. There's also speculation that it was a coincidence and something was given as a tribute and an earthquake struck which tore down part of the wall and the greeks witnessed the wall being torn down and then took advantage of that and breached and went in and slaughtered everyone i think um, that's a stretch well there's they've done some archaeological digs and found evidence that there was areas in troy that were heavily damaged by earthquakes so there's all kinds of theories but was there actually a horse that Greeks climbed out of and killed a bunch of people? No. No. But, okay, so... Which, it wasn't presented that way to you in school? Yes. That completely. it was fake? Yes. It was not presented no, 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 that not way that to me in school. Fake, but that it was, like, a horse, a wooden horse... Yes. ...that got rolled up to the walls, and then they thought it was a horse, and then people jumped out and, like... Yes, but, but it was not presented to me that it didn't happen. It was presented to me as... That's, this is how the Greeks won the war. That's why I think that the first theory makes the most sense. Because With the battering ram That thing? would account for all of it because it's like, they breached the wall. Yeah. They did. And they had a wooden contraption, but it was covered in horse hide. Hide. And the, they basically took it by force. But it was spun to be like a slightly different story to make it more heroic or whatever. Well, I don't think so. I think taking it by force after jumping over a 20-foot wall is more heroic. I don't know. I mean... But climbing out of a wooden horse sounds more... Uh, easy. Like, it was just easy. Well, spectacular and exciting than climbing up a staircase and also, and like, can you over. believe how dumb they were? They fell for this. Right, right. That makes sense, too, because you want your enemy to be looked at as... Not smart. Yeah. But I, I don't think that the um, high school kids who are battling on the football field would want to come buy a burger from someplace called the Trojan Horse once they heard the story. Not now. You ruined that. <laughs> I totally ruined that. Of course, also the very successful restaurant that's in that building probably also ruined that. Yeah. 
very and the fact that I would never ever 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 run a restaurant no well that was good yeah I'm excited I liked your story and I found a new bourbon I love my well I've been drinking this bourbon for a while but I love it so yeah and if we made a new drinking game 80s drink 80s drink 80s reference if you catch the 80s reference even if we don't catch the 80s reference take a drink and then send us an email yeah they come so easily from us we might not even catch them yeah because we're old wang chung (laughs) (laughs) everybody have fun tonight (laughs) all right so i definitely 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 know given my story that i am not an expert i'm not an expert either but we're We're just drunks hey so if you like us you can always let us know uh rate review any podcast catcher or whatever you call them that you listen to us on leave us a rating and a review it would really help yeah and if you have any comments or suggestions email us at crimeandtimeotr at gmail.com cocktail suggestions send us cocktail suggestions that would be fun yeah we've been we've been getting a lot and we love them but keep them coming yeah Another way to get a hold of us at for Twitter is at Time and Crime. Yeah, Instagram, we're also at Crime and Time. And check out our Facebook page. We always post little hints of the cocktail that's coming up and just fun little things. And that is Crime and Time on the Rocks or at Crime and Time OTR. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Let us know. Cheers. Thank you for listening.